less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive. Martin, this is our last episode, I believe, in 2021. Really? I didn't Chris, know that. Ho- holidays coming up. Yeah, but we have another Thursday. We do. I'm out of town. You were out of town last week. I know. I was, so what's up? I was down on the border. Down on the By border. By the way, I don't know if walls needed to ours. <laughs> If you can make it over and survive, man, it's, uh, I didn't yeah, show you a video. It's a rough, rough country. It is some of the, I mean, you were out, I've never been somewhere so quiet. And it's, a it's bunch a, of redneck Mick or, uh, Texans down there with shooting courses. And, yeah. I mean, it is a desolate place. Yeah. Um, but it, it was very pretty in its own way, but I mean, it, there's Bend, nothing out there. In the yeah. Big Bend went to country. Big Bend, yeah. went to Santa Elena Canyon. Um, which is yeah, they, miles. a lot of people hunt down there. There's, there are sheep and there's deer. Different. There's a yeah. lot of deer down there. Well, if you call those deer, uh, they're kind of like chihuahuas. Chihuahuas, little, little itty bitty deer. <laughs> you can put funny. one in each pocket and carry them back to camp. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, last one. What I mean, we've done a, a lot of recording in yeah. 2021. I think we're we're over, over 100 ahead, episodes. We? Yeah, really? but we started in 2020. So, um, yeah, wrapping it up, man. Any, any big highlights from this year so, for you? Well, one thing, I'm, I wish you'd ask me that, but you come in here and ask me. i got to think about that kind of stuff, you know? Well, I'll give you my, I had a baby this year. Okay, well, I can't compete with that. Uh, oh, well, there's something. I had a baby 40 years ago. Actually, I didn't. I ended. 40 years <laughs> ago in two weeks. There you go. Going to Idaho for a birthday party. There you go. 40 on, years. On the 30th, yeah. Crazy. That's Nick. You know you're getting, yeah. You know you're getting old when your kids go on Social Security. (laughs) (laughs) That's he's not on Social Security yet, but he's hitting forty. Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, No, it's been a good year. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, this is really. I mean, if you turn the news off, it's been a really good year for me and for you, I think. Yeah, and, and for really almost all my clients, it's been kind of a record year trying to separate the angst of the politics from the reality of business. Yeah. I think business-wise, most contractors are doing fairly well that I speak to. Um, you know, we do marketing for them. A lot of them don't feel like they need a lot of marketing right now, but they do need a lot of organization. Right. Uh, there's so, so much work going on and so much pricing change going on and hiring issues happening. They need to get organized and need to be able well, to execute on some of those jumping things. Jumping back to marketing, it's a classic that people market, 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 then they get busy and they do, 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 and they quit marketing. Mm-hmm. And then they hit the end of the work and they got nothing to do. So they start marketing again. So you do that sine wave roller coaster kind yeah. of deal and need to keep the marketing up the whole time. Yeah. We were talking with this coming in with a client this week. Um, and he was like, I finally understand what branding is. I finally get it. And this is what, two and a half years plus working with them. Um, I said, we're going to help you build a brand, you know? And he's like, I used to think that you meant just like design, like a logo, you know, and a sign out front, maybe a website. But now he understands like people know who we are. Right. And And they 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 ask for us. They They have have an opinion. They think, oh, that's an alpha kitchen. That's talking about Sergio. Right. Man, that's, you know, he has a reputation now. It's his, it's the image that he portrays. It's what people think about that company. Um, and well, he's like, I, f- I finally get it. Sentence that 
oh, you're the guys who. Yeah, exactly. Right? And how do they answer that question? You mm -hmm. know, never heard of you or, oh, yeah, you're the quality guys. We'll be lucky to get you. Yep, exactly. And, and, it, and it's not, it's that word of mouth, you know, it's, it doesn't just, it doesn't just happen overnight, you know, um, but it, it really amplifies your word of mouth in many ways. I think what a lot of people don't realize with marketing, they think it's just advertising or whatever, but really good marketing informs your entire company. Uh, it, it can change. It helps you get to where you want to go. It helps you find the right people. Um, it'll influence what you offer as a company as well. I think what people don't realize, they think of the short term, Hey, I need, to, if I put this much in for ads, I need to get this much return. And by all means, you're right. But there's a long-term aspect to it too. And that's where the branding comes in. Hey, what's our strategy long-term? Who do we want to be as a company? Who do we want to target as customers? What do we want to offer as services, as products? And, uh, you know, when you're really focused on branding, focus on the long-term, you can start to make some of those plays and get better word of mouth referrals, the right word of mouth referrals and really amplify that. And I think, uh, for a, a lot of contractors, they're so focused on the short term in terms of marketing, whenever things are going well, they say, Oh, we're going to turn that off. But then you lose out on some of the long-term benefits of marketing that can really help you increase your prices. They can help you, uh, you know, branch out and start new divisions, uh, enter new markets things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you like to say, whenever you're asking a client, do you have a, a customer referral program? Right? right. Like, yeah, we get referrals all yeah. the time. No. Yeah. Do you have a program? How do you encourage them? Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you don't see many people that have that. Almost none. Well, I have one client who's most of their business comes from that mm -hmm. and, uh, they do a good job of it, but more than, but they're about the only ones who have a serious um, referral, referral program, program with intent and they modify it and they try this and they try that mm -hmm. and see which ones work. But what's crazy about that is if you ask those same clients, how do you get your customers? Yeah. What do they say? Yeah. Put word of mouth. <laughs> word of mouth. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, ultimately all marketing is word of mouth. Hey, I saw, yeah, I saw you here. I saw this review. It was a, you had a great review with this person and I looked at them and five stars. I want to use you. Well, you're basing it off of someone else's opinion, which is word of mouth. Uh, almost everything drives back to word of yeah, mouth. There, there's, it's not entirely word of mouth, um, but it was something this week. I think in this in this uh, show, we're going to talk about things that actually happened with our clients this week. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fun. Uh, it's real stuff and really addressed, and it'll be common. But these guys don't really market. They get referrals mm -hmm. and... We're working toward that. They have good, pretty good website, but we're start talking about making touches on people and mm. came up with one program. We go, oh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I said, yeah, but it's the most important thing you do. You go back to the people. They get referrals from a constant source. Sources. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a there are epicenters of referral flow. Sure. In other words, their potential clients go there first and then get dispersed. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been staying in touch with those guys. So what we're doing is uh, quarterly letters, I think it'll be quarterly, that we send back that say, hey, we know that you're putting your reputation on the line by giving mm -hmm. us a referral, and we want you to know we take that seriously, and here's the resolution of the five people, 10 people, 20 people you sent to us. And so they get some feedback. They may not ever read that, but the, and we're doing it with a letter. 
mm. not an email because they don't have that many, but they just see their name, if nothing else. That brings up a good point. You know, there's not that many. And I think this is a good thing for a lot of uh, contractors that maybe do large commercial projects, industrial projects where they really only, you know, their target audience isn't thousands of people, but it's dozens, maybe, uh, maybe less than that. Uh, marketing doesn't need to be some massive operation. Like you don't need to be running Google ads. You don't need to, you may not even need a massive website uh, or social media. Those things can be helpful for your image in general, but really you're going to more of an account-based marketing strategy where it's, Hey, we've got these seven target accounts. Let's yeah. go call well, yeah. them. <laughs> or let's drive over there. Let's just drive Take over there. Take them some cookies. These yeah. guys actually started and they took cookies around this year. These are some pretty highfalutin guys too. We're not talking about, you know, $100,000 in sales, which are nothing wrong with that. But these guys do millions and they loaded up the cookie van. Yeah. And went and said, these guys were real appreciative. I go, duh. Well, I, th I think that's why relationships also matter. And I think people, especially in today's day and age with phones, with Zoom, um, relationships really matter in that regard because you've got to be able to get in front of people. The younger generation needs to understand that. Uh, but you, you've also got to be able to, you know, understand what's going on in someone's life and have a personal relationship with them, not just a business relationship so that, you know, when it comes time where they do need you, they, they think of you first, right. you know, and they want to take care of you. Those things really go a long way. You want to pass something on to when, when somebody gives you a referral, make damn sure you take care of it. Nothing really pisses me off. Like when I refer somebody and they don't follow up. I mean, it really, it, it's more than just, uh, yeah. oh, you lost an opportunity. It's like, you made me look bad, man. I don't like that. Well, and that, and that's where, you know, with those relationships, it's treated like a relationship. If, even if it's not a good referral for you, what should you do? Go and help them as much as possible because your friend or your network, uh, you know, colleague referred someone to you. You want to have a good relationship right. with them still. Take care of who yeah. they're trying to that's, take care that's of. That's the point I'm making. When yeah. somebody gives you a referral, follow up. Follow up, even if you're not going to do the work, right? right? Just follow up and say, hey, this is what I would advise. If I were in your shoes, this is what I would advise or this is who I would talk to. This isn't really something that we take care of. But if you have questions let me know i'm happy to help you know right that literally happened about four weeks ago i had a client ask me if i knew a certain kind of contractor and i've had three of those in the past that mm. do this work and i thought about it a second and i said no because <laughs> you didn't trust him to follow no up. at 100 i've referred him in the past and they didn't follow up yeah and that really that that makes me kind of mad yeah for sure um we got an email in this week. Uh -huh. One of the, I mean, we don't get this this often, but people ask, asked a question. They, uh, someone asked us a question via email to the cash flow contractor. Um, if you have questions, send them in the show notes. But we got a question about uh, pricing conundrums, uh, where basically this, this client does remodeling, uh, or not this client, this question asker. Yeah. This contractor does remodeling, and uh, they focus on kitchens. And they have people come into their uh, showroom and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in a kitchen. Uh, we were trying to remodel. And so they go through, they want to know ballpark pricing, right? And so they give them a ballpark price. Um, and they're reluctant to do so, but they give them the ballpark price. Well, then they get further down the process. They design, they do all this work, which takes a lot of time and energy. 
uh, they put into just doing the design and the, the quote for them. And throughout that process, the customer adds on, oh, I, well, let's do this trim and let's add up with the, you know, yeah, these appliances, and this finish. And they, just, the bill starts adding up. And then while they're doing this and taking all this time, material prices have changed and increased. So by the time they get to the final quote, that ballpark price is no longer ballpark. And there's that sticker shock. And they say, well, the, you know, this wasn't the ballpark that we said. And now they've designed this kitchen that they, they've fallen in love with, but they can't afford. They don't want to take off the trim that they you know, upgraded to and all that stuff. And so it becomes this difficult conversation and people might walk away or whatever it is. So the question is how to better deal with that. Like, how do you deal with these pricing conundrums that they run into? I think you and I both have a, a, a diff, similar advice, but some different points of view. I'd like to hear your point of view on this. Well, I've had that come up, uh, not this week, last week, a um, couple of times. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I try to do, I mean, the obvious answer is don't do that. <laughs> uh, don't give them a ballpark. Well, come on, demand. Oh, roughly $150 a linear foot, yeah. $400 a foot, whatever. Um, but the correct answer is, well, it depends. And you can get into, just, you, you can't do that. You have to have the discipline not to do that. But one of the answers, I have a client in New York who's doing this, and I think it's really appropriate, is he has on his website three different groupings. You can have four. Um, he, he does closets. And he has a group starting with a picture you can click on and see more pictures. But this is 1500 to $5,000 range closet. Shows finishes, size, uh, the pulls, you know, different things. Hardware, customization, does it have lighting or not lighting? Um, so that's 1500 to $5,000. And he has another grouping, say 5000 to $25,000, and shows different sizes, different finishes, different pulls, but options. And then he's also got one from like 50000 to 250000 because he does that kind of work. Yeah. And people can go get their own ballpark and just say, go look. Here's the range. Here are the things that matter. And that takes that off your plate and mm-hmm. uh, gives them a lot better idea. And th- they, they make their own choices. Yeah. But, yeah, ballparking, everybody kind of needs, you know, everybody tries to reduce stuff to price per square foot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that with six-inch concrete usually, you know, sure. flat concrete. Pretty hard to do on a custom, remodeling. Yeah, custom yeah, remodeling. Custom kitchen. Home. It's not, I mean, it, there's so many variations and variables that come into yeah. play. Um, yeah. I had a, when I had a contracting company, um, we drew, we put in sprinkler irrigation systems. Yep. We did houses all the way up to like Walmarts, but we drew everything. We actually designed it and drew it. And so we wanted to qualify quite a little bit before we go out there. And I remember <laughs> a friend of, of a friend saw me and said, Oh, well, I'll let you bid my house. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll let you wash my car. <laughs> and we always told them uh, at the time, we were you could easily buy uh, an irrigation system for half of what we sold them for. Mm-hmm. But we did them right. We, they were legal. They had permits. Backflow preventers were right. Zoned properly, all these things. And we just had, we just did them right. And we told people up front, our average irrigation for a house at the time was $3,300. And you can buy them all day for 1200 and we just told them that because I didn't need to go out there and spend five hours measuring and designing. Uh, if they're not going to be for important. nothing, yeah. I mean, for somebody who's just, oh well, that's good. Imp- oh, I thought it would be a thousand dollars. Well, it's not. Well, yeah. my friend got one, 
Well, your friend doesn't have a backflow permit, preventer or permit or they're improperly zoned. Yep. Anyway, a bunch of technical stuff there, but we did them right or we didn't do them. And we did a lot of them. We put in over 3,300. I think we've had episodes on this, but with pricing, it's expectation is everything. You know, don't give a figure uh, that is inaccurate up front, a ballpark figure if it's not accurate. And if you don't know what their preferences are at the time, don't give them a figure. Um, but I think the idea of giving them ranges is really important uh, where you can say, hey, here's what this size kitchen looks like, you know, at, at this level, at this level, and at this level. And here's a range. Yeah, and it's and, a big range. And on the pictures, you say, notice there's no crown molding. Notice yeah, there's exactly. no Yeah, exactly. You point out the details. Notice that these are plain shaker doors. They're not customized. Notice that these poles cost an average of $15, well, less than that, but... You know, point out the things. Yeah, it, so pros they and cons. notice them. Make yeah. a pros and cons list yeah. of hey, this is what we like about this. It's economical, right? It, it gets the job done. It looks nice. Uh, here's some things we don't like. You know, the it's it's not as sturdy. Right. You know, the the drawer slides aren't as nice on the cabinets or the countertops. You know, might be prone to chipping or to heat or whatever. I don't know. Um, but yeah, give examples. Ash, give a range, give pros and cons of each so that they can make that decision internally. Um, another thing that you kind of mentioned with even with the irrigation, that the design takes time. Right. Going out and drawing all this up and coming up with a plan is, is work. And you should be paid for that work. Now, if that's included into your overall price, that's fine. But if you're going to do the work and then potentially not get paid. Well, we, did, we did a lot of design builds for well, started out doing a lot for apartment complexes, maybe a thousand units, five acres. Yeah. And you really need to design that. They, they won't work if you don't do it right. And we design them and turn them into the guys and they'd put them out and somebody else admit them. So we quit doing that. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what you run into is they can take that design and run, run away with it. So what, what I recommend is charge for your design say, hey, this is how much it's going to cost us to design this. You can go and take it to any other contractor, and they can work right off of this. If you work with us, that fee is applied to your project. Right. And now you've covered yourself where you're gonna, they're going to know the exact price, like a, to the, the quote. You know, this is a quote, not an estimate. Uh, after the design, they're also going to get a really good design that they can use anywhere. Uh, and then you're covered for work that they could walk away with, you know, that right. they paid you for. Um, right, it takes backbone to do that. It does. Uh, competitors are not. The competitors are the not competitors doing that. But not. at the same time, how much more peace of mind do I have as a consumer that I'm going to get a better product? I mean, reassuringly expensive is what yeah. we say, right? Yep. Where, man, I'm, I know I'm going to get a good product if I'm working with you but guys, and they, I'm going to be taken care of. Yeah, if if they if the client cares, but that's all that judgment. I I think the best suggestion to come out of. The question that we received, we both mm -hmm. got it, and it was quite a lengthy email explaining the It was great. It was, yeah, is, it was awesome. Is to give them a place where they can go do, get their own ballpark, like yep. the three or five categories on your website. Exactly. What the differences are. Yeah. And so with, with this particular person, they're in a good place for this, and I'll tell you why. Because they document. What I mean by that is every... Not every single job, probably, but every good job, every ideal customer job, hey, we remodeled this kitchen and it's exactly the type of project we want more of, they go and they take really good pictures of. Mm -hmm. They get a good testimonial from the customer. 
they go and they list out, they have before pictures as well. They list out the things that they solved and all the benefits, the types of hardware that were used in the kitchen and the materials and the trims and, you know, finishes, all that stuff. So that now they, on their website, you can go to their gallery and see all of their ideal jobs. There's probably 20 on there, right? That are, man, I can qualify myself by going to their website. That kitchen is not what my house looks like. And I don't think I can afford that. I can't use this company. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I've got the, the budget uh, for it. I can do it. Just flashed across my mind, but we have a mutual client who, who's a contractor of sorts, but it was uh, web development stuff. But it's, it's a contractor. Yeah. And he does complex websites mm -hmm. that maintain inventory. And you can do e-commerce and get a million yeah. views a week. Not, not, like the, not the website yeah, that a not, contractor it's not your, totally. the one that your nephew designed for 300 <laughs> Definitely bucks. not. And uh, anyway, he was getting annoyed by people calling up and taking an hour of his time talking about their project, ask how much. And he, he would say, I mean, I remember at the time, like $5,000. $5,000. My nephew can do that for 300 bucks. Sure. So I found him a website. He didn't ever actually do this, but I found him a website of web developers and at the top it said our average website costs $109,551.21 and then the numbers were rolling as if <laughs> they're going know. up yeah but anyway it they put it right atop the banner mm -hmm. don't call me if you want a 300 or even a $5,000 website yeah this is what we do and this is who we are and it ran them off and it takes courage to do that but when you do that, it shows confidence, professionalism. You have to be able to deliver. You have to be able to deliver. But, man, how much more stress does it take off of you? When you talk about less stress, right? That was your last episode? Was that your last episode? Yes, it was. Okay. It's stressing me out thinking that it came out today. <laughs> man. How much less stress do you have whenever you're not worried that this person's going to walk away? You're not worried that they're going to be shocked at the price? You're just delaying that stress. If you can just get up front with it, right, right from the beginning. Well, it boils down to under promise and over deliver. Mm -hmm. uh, when in their effort, our efforts, all of us have done it to get work. We subconsciously over promise and forces us to un under deliver. You imply things, or at least they hear things. You need clarity, and we've talked about um, having contracts and positioning documents so yeah. everything's clear. But that urge to get the job. Uh, it's it's a level of maturity when you move beyond that and say no. It is. And I, I think for most contractors, if you're saying yes more than you're saying no, you're probably not in a good place. That's a generalization, but you should be turning away some work. Right. Especially right now when there's so much to be had. I mean, there's... I think every contractor is pretty busy right now, especially in residential. Maybe if you're doing industrial stuff, things are on pause a little bit. Some commercial might be on pause, but most residential contractors should be very busy right now. And if they're if if they're saying yes to everything, they're probably not very organized. They're probably not charging as much as they should. They're probably a little stressed out as well. Uh, well, while we're talking about pricing too, another issue that came up this week is surcharges. Um, and uh, just define it, I think people maybe all know what it is, but I define surcharge as an extra extra line on your on your quote. Mm -hmm. It's in other words, not material labor, you know, whatever else you've got on there. It's an extra line, and it's a 
its intent is to recover some of the temporary charges or what we think are temporary charges, uh, like in everybody's listening is familiar with the price increases that have been going on. And I've got, we've got uh, one client who is very deliberate about this and he adds between eight and a half and 15%, depending on what the materials we're talking about, of materials as a line item on his invoice. And the reason behind that is, I think we talked about it before, but you cannot, as being the final step between materials and, and manufactured goods and the customer, absorb all the changes that have been going on. No, you can't. You're, you're the reluctant one. As I said, the Chinese don't have any trouble telling you that plywood went up. Uh, they don't have any trouble telling their wholesalers. The wholesalers don't have any trouble telling their distributors. And their distributors don't have any trouble telling you that <laughs> so your prices you went up. Yeah, I think one type of board we were talking about uh, the other day as an example was up 150% over the last 18 months. Well, you can't sit out there and because you're reluctant to tell your customer that you're going up in prices, you cannot absorb that on behalf of the consumer. Right. You just can't do it. You can't, can't survive. And a lot of people are having trouble with that. And you can take a price increase and should, and we, we should talk about that here in a minute too. We should take a price increase, but the, the difference between a price increase and a surcharge is that it implies that it's temporary. May not be, but it implies. And the two things that I've got one client, we're putting in a surcharge for fuel because they deliver their product. Uh, the other one is on materials, the, the ones I've worked with on the subject the last two weeks. So what, what is that? How do, you, how do you implement a surcharge? Well, first of all, you get over the fear. And the fear, if you've got good books and good information and you realize you're not making any money, then you have to decide, you know, I'm going to do what I have to do. Right. And once you do it, you find out that you don't get much pushback. At least that's been the experience. And then you figure out what it's got to be. You look at your invoices. But eight and a half... 10% are real common or on some delivery charges, just $25. Yeah. I mean, I already charged for delivery, but surcharge is $25 because fuel costs are up in some places double what they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And here in Oklahoma, they're not, they're up maybe 50%. So you can't just absorb all that. Nope. And so if, if you're contemplating a uh, surcharge, I think there's a good way to roll it out. It doesn't just show up on a, if you've been bidding things, and you've already bid them, then you don't you don't get just to add to just add a surcharge no. on there unless you got that in your language. But if you're in manufacturer uh, manufacturing where you have repeat customers or uh, maybe remodelers or re, you're a remodeler and you have a, you work for a designer, then you send out a letter, and uh, I think the letter needs to say that we're forced by circumstances to uh, add a surcharge. You see that restaurants like when meat prices go up. Yeah. Hey. You know, all all items that contain beef are two dollars more now. Yeah, you know, and and so I mean, it's how you handle it. You you set a date in the future. You know, the things that you have in the pipeline right now signed and you're working on, you're pretty well stuck. But you tell them anything coming in after January first is going to have this surcharge on it. You send it to everybody. I think it's important that you say we're sending this to all our customers. Uh, one of the customers I was talking to about one of my clients I was talking to about implementing a surcharge, got phone calls from, are you trying to get rich off of me? No. (laughs) And gave him some examples of actual, he said, I'll send you the invoices if you want to see them, how much uh, materials had gone up. And then the people who called in and said, are you doing this to everybody? 
In other words, are you just picking us off and your big guys get it? He goes, nope, it goes to everybody in the, everybody that I do business with. And as I already said, but he put it in the letter, some examples of the cost increases. It doesn't need to be a long, lengthy letter. You're not asking them if it's okay. You're telling them this is what hap- is what's happening and you, and you do it. Um, the one client has lost two builders. He sells to builders out of a lot. I mean, uh, he didn't want to lose those guys, but quite certain they'll be back because where they went is a lowball guy. And the reason they came to him in the first place was the guy couldn't meet his schedules. The quality wasn't there. Didn't follow up. Didn't get things done on time. You got to pay for so those So he'll be back. But the result has been, he's been doing that for a while now and just a tremendous increase in his net margins because mm-hmm. net margins meaning net profit, gross, gross margins too. But he was just giving that money away. Yeah. And we finally decided you just can't do You can't that. do it. So that's something to think about. If concrete's gone up, you know what it's gone up in the last year. I don't really know prices for concrete right now. <laughs> uh, you can do it on labor, but labor's more of a fixture that you might um, in- consider including in a price increase as opposed to a surcharge. Uh, surcharge, again, implies, the reader implies, I mean, they see, oh, this is likely temporary. Then after you've been doing it for three months, you need to send a letter out yeah, and say, prices haven't come down or prices have softened. I'm going from an 8% surcharge to a 6 but you need to be active in it. But if you're profitable, mm-hmm. you're operating past break-even, every penny of that surcharge goes to the bottom line. Yeah. Right? And I, I want to bring up something else because we just got the report out, maybe it was on Monday, the Consumer Price Index has gone up 9%. That's uh, a lot. So inflation is 6.8%, but the CPI has gone up 9%, so I'm going, uh, I guess I don't understand. Yeah, it, it's going up more than that, too. But but here's something that's happening, and I'm contributing to it. I'm telling every client I have, you need to get your prices up get because up. inflation is here, and it's 6%, 6.8%, or 9%, but it's here, and you need to do it. And you also can do it because there's nobody alive who doesn't think prices are going up right now. Yeah. I mean, now is the time as to consumers— do it. And, they're going to try to beat you down, but they understand that prices are going up. So th- what does that do? And that's why I'm saying I'm contributing to, to not necessarily a good thing. That cooks inflation into the books. The other place that's happening is labor unions, uh, like a John Deere, renegotiating their contracts, and they're putting in consumer or uh, um, price, well, inflation adjustments. Yep. Cost of living adjustments, that's what I'm thinking. So they're cooking in 3 to 5%. Yep. Well, guess what, guys? Everything is going to go up. When prices are going up and they're tagged to the fact that there is inflation and union contracts are tagged to the fact that there is inflation, you're cooking inflation in. And I'm very, doesn't matter whether I'm concerned or not, but I lived through inflation in the 70s and it is a bad, bad thing. That's a really great thing to talk about. What was it like in the 70s? Because I have zero idea. I mean, I have an idea of what it could look like right now, but... I mean, the conversations were kind of like today. I was running grain elevators at the time, and the farmers would come in, and they said, this shaft cost me $150 two years ago. It was $1,000. Was it that much, the inflation? Not systemically. I mean, it got up to 12 15% routinely. But 
you you didn't know what things were going to cost, and they even put in price controls. Nixon put in price controls. So they went out, yeah, tells you how much you can charge, right, from uh-huh. the United States government. So what ways guys got around that, there's a thing called augers, which is a screw conveyor. People know yeah. what augers are. And I'd buy a 10-foot section because we had lots of it. And I, I'm just throwing out numbers, but it was like 35 bucks. Price controls go in. I call my supplier and he goes, 120 bucks. I go, 120 would be 500 now, by the way. But I said, what do you mean $120? And he said, well, that's our catalog price because they had to publish a price under price controls and they couldn't change it. He said, but I'll give you a discount. It's 50 bucks. <laughs> so you didn't know anything that my gotcha. mortgage. So they would have to publish their price. So they would go ahead and publish it at a ridiculous right, amount. Right. And then some did, it. some didn't. And, and one of the bad things about inflation was um, people who were in unions had cost of living adjustments um, baked into their contract, just like it's going on right now. So union guys like working for John Deere or Caterpillar or, you know, some Pittsburgh plate and glass, but union people got their cost of living increases. Okay. So things marched along and they were relatively okay. If you're sitting out here, either as a contractor who's reluctant to raise your prices or an employee working at the grocery store or a local retailer, you didn't keep up. And so the disparity between who benefited and who didn't was, was just terrible. People did all kind, made all kinds of investments because what inflation really is is an increase in the money supply without an increase in, uh, mm-hmm. in goods and services. And so they had this money supply just kept going up because of inflation, but there weren't commensurate things to buy with it. So prices going up, you, you didn't know. Well, I'll give you an example. My first house, which cost $25,000, by the way, pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty nice house. It's 25000 bucks. But my uh, mortgage was 9.5%. That was my mortgage interest mm-hmm. rate. And we were thrilled to get that because shortly after that, um, it went to like it, 18. It, well, I, I didn't ever know about an 18, but into the 15. I know my, my mother-in-law was selling houses in Dallas and she was telling people, you probably want to lock in at this 18% interest yeah. rate because it's about to come yeah. up and they were doing it. And they had these, big, people couldn't afford it. So they had adjustable rate mortgages. All you had to pay was a fixed amount every month. And if the interest was more than that, so let's say you had to pay a thousand dollars a month. Well, if the interest rate, they Increased. would adjust the rate went to where it was a $1,100 was just the interest. You not only didn't pay down your principal, the interest added to what you owed. So you could buy a house, pay for it for 10 years and owe more than you paid for. That's wild. Yeah, just insane. And uh, our operating line, I was running grain elevators, as I said, we borrowed a lot of money to buy corn. And the operating line, I remember 22%. 22 freaking percent. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. It and was money insane. is just so much cheaper right now than it yeah. used to be. Well, we're not really talking about inflation. Maybe we are. But um, I wrote an article on it called, What is Money? Matter of fact, it might come out this week next week but money is a token of effort okay it represents effort yeah and um the problem with inflation is that it devalues the token in other words you i do some work for you and you give me a token a dollar yeah and it represents at what it was re- reasonable for my hour of time or 20 hours of time or whatever i put into it mm-hmm. i have to be confident that that dollar will is redeemable for goods and services equal to the time I put in, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, the problem is when you increase the money, let me use seashells because I did it in that. Money used to be seashells. Yeah. I mean, way, you know, 5,000 BC. Well, seashells were hard to come by and people were willing to accept a seashell in exchange for an ax or for some effort or give them a deer or something like that because seashells were hard to come by and they, they held their value. Well, if I found a beach and I could scoop up seashells by the bucket full, I'm going to go over there and outbid you for that axe, right? Because mm-hmm. there's all this money out there without any, that was a, yeah. that was created or achieved without any effort because I just went and picked them up. Well, that's exactly what's happening right now. We put, I, I've lost track. We, we just added another $1.7 trillion on this bill, infrastructure bill. Uh, that's kind of free money, but I don't know, $4 trillion went into the economy mm. uh, for it's crazy. everything from, that's so much from money. unemployment and PPP and EIDL. Now that's supposed to be paid back, but there's all this money floating around. That's exactly as if I found a beach with seashells and just came in and outbid yeah. you for everything because they didn't cost me any effort. Exactly. So I, crazy. I don't know if that's a very good discussion of inflation, but well, it's that's a right. very bad thing. Yeah. And it's happening. It's, it's happening. And it's getting sure. cooked in. And yeah. uh, you've got to be you able to change your prices. On. You can plan. I'm going to go back to what you had said about adding that surcharge, because I think it's more than just an action. Um, it's more of an identity change, you know, and I, I think this, this even honestly goes back to our pricing conundrums. It goes back to, you know, branding talk. We were talking about that a little bit, but it's a, it's a shift in your identity, not just in your actions. When you decide that, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, add this surcharge, you change who you are a little bit. Hey, I'm the type of business owner that, you know, make sure that I'm getting my profit, that I'm not just passing the buck, you know? Um, and I think that's a really important thing and it's a vote of confidence in yourself, but also right. for other people. Cause when they see you do that, maybe they are going to go away like a couple of those builders did for your client, but they're probably going to be back because you charge that because you had to, and you charge it because you're worth it. Right. You charge it because you you show up on time. You charge it because you bill on time. You charge it because you deliver on time, you know? And uh, you're easy to work with. You've got good customer service. Uh, and you, you, you're a person of your word, you know? And I, I think that's something that really says a lot, that once you do start to change that identity and not only charge for those things, but deliver on those things um that's your brand that's when people start to recognize you as a new as a as a different type of company the company that they want to work with that they can trust that they know that if they pay that extra lump sum that they're not going to pay to the guy that does it for 15 20 percent less they're actually going to get what they need when they need it and um they can count on you and that's your branding that's that's what you want people to expect from you is hey we are a little bit higher we're professionals higher, but we're professionals and we deliver yeah, quality it's your internal branding too that yeah confidence that comes when you finally do it i don't know how many people it's something i work on and always have getting your prices up mm-hmm. and the exercises of doing that is yes you get more money but but the reason i do it is because of a change in you yep because i've heard every excuse in the world uh, they, the market won't bear it. I know that so-and-so bid this job for less. Um, I can't charge her because she sends me a lot of referrals and all this. Well, that's all pretty much your own head trash. And when you do take reasonable price increases, the 
I mean, you can't. I, I actually had a client who went way overboard. <laughs> and <laughs> we used him ourselves. Uh, got him to get his prices up, but he went up about 300% over the market. And I said, hey, guy, you know, there's a stop. And be, <laughs> I mean, more power to you. If it works, go charge it. But he charged it to us, and my wife went absolutely ballistic. And I looked at it, and I said, oh, my God. It was, it was pretty egregious. Yeah. And so there's, so when I say reasonable price increases, 10% or, or understanding what you have to have to break even and make a target profit, which we talked, we've got an episode on yeah, intentional we bidding, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And where, where you know that this is what I have to have. It's not a choice. It's not maybe. It's not maybe I can keep the money. Maybe I can find a way to do it cheaper or something. It's this is what I have to have. If everything yeah. goes right, this is what I have to have. Mm-hmm. And so you're changing your mental, um, yeah. Your 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 thinking, your your internal opinion of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to be able to do some of this stuff, I know you were talking about. You know, you got to be able to measure to manage this week with some of your clients, and I, I think it's no different with this. If you're not measuring your books, if you're not measuring your capacity, all those kinds of things. You're not going to know if you need to be adding a surcharge. You're not going to know how your crew's doing. Yeah. You know, if if jobs are getting done on time, those kinds of things. You got to be able to measure those things. That was our podcast last week on stress. Yeah. And, and like I always do, I I bring it back to books. Uh, I say a lot of stress. Matter of fact, I'll, I'm happy to say most stress. There there are other reasons: people and supply chains and difficult bankers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But most stress is due to lack of good information. That's what that that was about and good information you never have perfect information by the time you have perfect information the opportunity is gone because right. you, you know what the stock market is going to be last friday that's mm-hmm. perfect information i know what it was but now the opportunity is gone but the information to make good judgments um is imperative and the one of the main reasons is it shows you what you have to do mm-hmm. you're it's a pipe dream to to think that oh if I I sold a million dollar job well my costs on paper were nine hundred and fifty thousand and we're going to screw up more than fifty thousand plus that didn't pay my overhead right yeah so you have to know those things and then there will come a day um, I I referred to it in the past Jim Rohn um, calls it disgust <laughs> which is a negative word but it's a has a pos- can have a positive connotation and that I'm disgusted. I'm yeah, sick of this. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm either going to fix this or I'm going to quit. Yep. And when you reach that point, a surcharge might be one of those things. You reach that point, I'm doing it. Yep. I am doing it. And I'm going to face my fears. And just it just always happens that your fears are unjustified. Yeah. I say always. Somebody can find an example where they tried something, they <laughs> thought something bad would happen, and it did. But generally, they're, they're your own head trash. Yeah. you got to get out of your way. Absolutely. So, I think uh, for for so much, I mean, the me- measuring things brings clarity, yeah. and clarity is what will reduce stress. Yeah. It's the uncertainty of things that makes it that that brings on anxiety, that brings on uncertainty and um, just worry. Uh, anxiousness as a business owner is pretty high. Are, am I going to be able to pay payroll? Am I going to be able to? you know, deliver on time for this client or this customer, um, you know, our price is going to go up. 
am, you know, how much am I making? You know, there's so many questions that you have as a small business owner and as a contractor. And if you can get clarity on some of those things that are current, but also right. moving forward, it allows you to, to feel less stress. And if you start measuring things, measuring your books, measuring you, you your can spending. measure your stress. I got one yeah. client, we measure stress on a scale of one to 10. There you go. And over a period of weeks and months, there, you know, he just tells me what he thinks. And over weeks, and actually we do it the other way, it says how good he feels. 10 is, is fantastic and one is suicidal. <laughs> not that bad, but um, anyway, you, you can just write that yeah. number down and go back and go, wow, you know, it oscillates, and find, find things out. But while we're talking about information, there's something else that came up uh, last week and really happy at the way we worked it out. But with almost everybody I work with, mm-hmm. scheduling is a big, big issue. Yeah. And some people have pretty sophisticated ways to schedule. I would kind of say most don't, <laughs> right? And so by scheduling, what I mean is... This is for a GC or for a sub? This is for a GC. Okay. And um, it doesn't have to be. Sure. Uh, but it, it's for a GC. I've got a guy who's been selling a lot of stuff, and it's starting to kind of back up on him. Mm-hmm. And he's got certain crews that can do certain things. Let's say somebody who digs pools or a framing crew. Sure. Or somebody, a trade like that. And so he's got six uh, winter jobs mm. sold, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Because it's, it's about half a million dollars worth of work. And last year he had about 50000 So, I mean, he went times. after it, got it done, and now we're sitting, literally it's behind you on the board. <laughs> we started working it out. He said, man, this keep, it's driving me crazy. I'm driving around. i got to be here. got to be there. So you can buy software. I'm trying to give something somebody could do this afternoon. You can buy software and yeah. figure it out, and it's pretty sophisticated. And a lot of times, I, I like simple. And so what we did with this guy was we used an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, Excel, Column Excel, on the left are the, diff, are the jobs. Column A, just the job. Job one, two, three, four, five, right? The, the columns going across, uh, I mean, in other words, the rows in the first column are jobs. Yep. You know, Smith, yep. Jones, Johnson. The columns going across are weeks. You mm-hmm. could do days, but we're doing weeks. And so we, we, he has one, two, three, four, five, five categorized uh, grouping. Yep. Like fra- uh, grade work for a builder, slab, maybe a slab and grade work, but, or, and then framing and then wiring and drying in, you know, but however you want to grump it out. But where it required different crews. So we went across on job one and said, I'm going to do the first step in three weeks. So we take the crew that that does slab and grade work and we color it red and we put it in three weeks. Hard to describe a little bit, I guess. No, I'm following, I'm following. But the second thing has to be be three weeks later is plumbing and concrete. Well, the slab's already in, but framing, right? So it goes across any of the amount of time. This is how, if it goes the way I think, I will do this job. Stage one is this week. Yeah. And he goes across, and by framing crew being red and um, roofers being green, yeah, you know, you can he can, color he can just go across. And and so then he goes to the next guy, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to start in two weeks." Oops, can't because my framing crew's already. Well, you don't start with framing, but 
Uh, so anyway, he had all his jobs, and he saw where there were conflicts, where he had two crews on the same job at mm-hmm. the same time. So he, mo- he moved them around and adjusted them, and now he's got a schedule, okay? And yep. he can look at it and see it in one glance without having to log into anything. He can just look at it sure. and see that. So that helped him get organized, and he did all kinds of things. He started thinking, well, that's two weeks between this and that. It doesn't have to be. He started playing with it, and so he literally has a schedule. Yeah. The next subject that came up was he's getting deposits on these things, mm. right? And he also has to pay people. So we took that same sheet, and I guess we can put this in the show notes if somebody wants to see it, or, or you're welcome to call. Schedule a call, and we'll talk about it and do it on a Zoom call. But... Schedule the deposits at the time he, so that they need well, to Well, he said, it. when am I going to get that deposit? Well, I'm not pouring concrete until I have this deposit. Yep. Right? You're or day one. So we're totaling up. And then what's he got to spend? Well, one week after he does the, the slab, he's got to pay the guys for a slab. Mm-hmm. How much? So we were able to go across. Mm-hmm. and Because that was his other thing. He goes, man, I got all this money, but I don't have any. Right? Mm-hmm. Which we've heard that before. He said, I'm really worried that I'm getting deposits for this job and I'm using it to pay the last job. And probably that's are. where you don't want to be, right? You don't want to be there. But so we've happening. got to schedule this and you've got to know what you have to do. Yeah. So it was really easy because he knows when he gets payments at certain stages of the, of the jobs. Um, and I've got that with a number of customers. They get paid at this point, right? Yeah. So that's when the money's coming in. When does it have to go out? Maybe it goes out the same day. We'll put it in the same day. Yeah. But at the end of every week, you see a, a cash balance that you should have. Mm-hmm. And then below that, you can say, well, I, it's not just paying subcontractors. I have to pay my office so yeah. you can play with it. But well, those two things we did, total of two hours. Well, and it's super valuable. And I think that's, you know, going back to, we said documenting earlier, taking photos of things, document how jobs are going, how long they take, how long processes take, so that you can do these types of exercises right. very easily and accurately. And then, in my opinion, and maybe you disagree, get the software. I know it might be a little more, it's not as simple, quote unquote, but it can also work for you rather than you having to work for it right. if you do it the right way. Uh, set it up so that it works for you. Well, my, my point with all these guys, I agree with you, get the sophisticated software, but get started. Don't no, don't wait don't on sit it. there and don't wait, wait or don't buy it and you can't yeah. possibly, it's going to take you six months to figure out how yeah. to use it. The, the software is a tool. Right. It's not going to be a magic pill that you swallow and you lose 100 pounds. No, you're going to have to do the work, but it can make the work a lot easier. And it, it can it can compound for you. It, it's a multiplier. You know, you're doing addition over here with Excel or with paper. You know, this is calculus right. and it, it's going to be able to solve the problems a lot faster. Well, the thing about the software is too, if they're codifying or streamlining something you're already doing, it's a lot easier than getting a uh, ERP, Inter- yeah. Enterprise Resource Program, oh, man. that manages everything. And they tell you, well, you want this to talk to this. And you go, okay, but I don't really know why. And also, no. I don't know how, and I don't know where the reports are. So my point is, get started. Mm-hmm. Those two things, scheduling and cash flow management, there are some really simple things you can do this afternoon that will change your life because you can just look and say, hey, it's not possible. Yeah. I can't tell them because I can't be in two places at the same time. Yeah. And also, if it rains, you can take the whole thing and move it over a week. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, um, man, we've covered quite a bit today. We talked about the pricing conundrums that we got um, questioned from. 
in the email. Send us some questions if you have any, guys. Search. Um, we talked about word of mouth referrals a little bit. We talked about branding. We talked about um, documenting things so that you can brand and do uh, other stuff. Talked about surcharges, um, not not taking on the expense that everyone else is passing on to you, but making sure that you're charging for what you're doing and what you're paying for. Talked about um, scheduling. Talked about identity change a little bit. And yeah, lots of little things in between there. Inflation was a big topic, uh, which we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, lots happening. Uh, it's been a great year though. And we've enjoyed the cash flow contractor this year. Uh, thankful for everybody listening. Uh, if, if you've enjoyed this, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if, that, if that's where you listen. Or honestly, just send us an email and say, hey, I'm enjoying the show. Or give us a call. It means a lot to us. Yeah, please be aware. I mean, right now, call us. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't cost anything and we get good ideas and maybe we can help or, or uh, refine some of these yeah. uh, points we make. I want to throw out, I really kind of enjoy doing this. We'll, we'll do deep dives. We've got more of those coming along. But everything we're talked about today happened to us this yeah, week. It's real life stuff. With us working with, yeah. with clients. And a couple that we won't get to uh, because they're a little bit different and I think we're running up on time. But um, split duties between partners. That's a whole episode. That's, that's, that's a whole episode. Let's yeah, do a deep dive on that. Yeah. The, uh, it, it's a, a major problem. I mean, when, when it's done properly, it's a miracle. And that happened. Well, just I got some clients who do that mm -hmm. really, really well. And they're just walking around like, how, how lucky are we? And I mm -hmm. said, well, it's not luck, guys. Uh, you're doing it right. Now, maybe it's lucky that you're predisposed to do that. But mm -hmm. it's not luck. Another thing that, that's come up is lumpy production. Mm -hmm. Okay, So maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about. But they're when you can do things really well and really fast and then as part of the project but the other stuff is slower yeah i had somebody who is so good at the at one area of the business that they have people standing around yeah waiting for the other parts to catch up and one suggestion was well why don't we fire them that's your best person yeah. why we no anyway so how to deal with lumpy production people who are real good and get their work done and wind up sitting around um so anyway, there are all kinds of um, great uh, topics that come great up topics regularly. That, yeah, all I have to do is it's easy to prepare for these because I just look at my calendar and go, what were we worried about last? <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you all. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas, wonderful New Year. If you're listening to this six months after it released, yeah, hope happy you're enjoying summer. 2022. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ted Lasso put that Christmas episode in August. Yeah, it was a good episode, though. It was, but yeah. what? Anyway. All right. Well, see you next time. I'll see you in 2022. Okay. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.